The MarTech Podcast is a proud member of the I Hear Everything Podcast Network. Looking to launch or scale your podcast? I Hear Everything delivers podcast production, growth, and monetization solutions that transform your words into profit. Ready to give your brand a voice? Then visit IHearEverything.com. From advertising to software as a service to data. Across all of our programs and clients, we've seen a 55 to 65% open rate. Getting brands authentically integrated into content performs better than TV advertising. Typical lifespan of an article is about 24 to 36 hours. If we're reaching out to the right person with the right message and a clear call to action, then it's just a matter of timing. Welcome to the MarTech Podcast, a Ben J. Shap LLC production. In this podcast, you'll hear the stories of world-class marketers that use technology to drive business results and achieve career success. We'll unearth the real-world experiences of some of the brightest minds in the marketing and technology space so you can learn the tools, tips, and tricks they've learned along the way. Now here's the host of the MarTech Podcast, Benjamin Shapiro. Welcome to the MarTech Podcast. Today, we're going to talk about what one of the world's most prominent communications agencies thinks about marketing. Joining us is Joe Kingsbury, who is the Managing Director of Business Marketing at Edelman, which is the largest communications firm in the world. With 60 offices around the globe, Edelman is a different kind of agency partner designing targeted communication strategies that leverage the best of PR, marketing, advertising, and demand generation, all underpinned by an editorial mindset that sets them apart. And today, Joe and I are going to talk about whether there is too much B2B thought leadership. All right, here's my conversation with Joe Kingsbury, Managing Director of Business Marketing at Edelman. Joe, welcome to the MarTech Podcast. Thanks for having me, Ben. Excited to have you as my guest. Excited to have a member of the Edelman team joining us. Whenever I think of Edelman, I think of these big sort of institutional marketing firms ranging back even into like the Mad Men days. I'm surprised you're not sitting back in a suit with your feet up drinking a glass of bourbon. What are you doing with like a t-shirt and headphones on? Well, I guess it's the pandemic, remote work. When we can, I guess we're all maybe a little bit more casual these days, work from home. Well, it's exciting (laughs) to have you here. And obviously your company has an incredible and storied reputation amongst us marketers. Our topic today is if there is too much B2B thought leadership, honestly, a topic that scares the crap out of me as a marketing and mostly B2B marketing podcaster, I will ask you the question, and I hope the answer is no, is there too much B2B thought leadership? Well, it depends on how you view the data, which we can dig into, but I wouldn't say that there's too much thought leadership content out there, but certainly what we've seen is that the pandemic really accelerated the amount of content marketing and thought leadership coming from B2B brands, as well as companies that are trying to engage with B2B stakeholders. And a majority of the um, B2B buyers that we surveyed in this most recent study told us that they're beginning to have trouble keeping up with all of the content. They're still consuming quite a bit of it. In fact, the demand for this kind of content from companies has actually increased year over year. And buyers say that they are spending more time with it than they were before the pandemic. But at the same time, they also say that, yeah, the marketplace is beginning to get a bit saturated and they're having trouble keeping up. Okay, so the pandemic causes everybody to move more towards digital mediums than building in-person relationships. Naturally, people are finding ways to create more content. 
And that leads into, well, I want to be a thought leader. And I think actually the question comes into what's the difference between a content marketing strategy and a thought leadership strategy? Everyone wants to be a leader. Everyone's got to take these days. Is that just content marketing or or what actually makes it leadership? Probably the simple answer is that thought leadership, in our view at least, is really about educating customers and prospects and giving them some kind of knowledge or value that genuinely can help them understand a trend to be better at their job, to do uh, a better job of engaging with internal stakeholders, perhaps around a particular issue. You know, for the purpose of the study, it's a fairly broad definition and thought leadership content is essentially knowledge that companies or individuals produce on a topic that is not primarily intended to describe a product or a service. So if you boil that down, there's a lot of product marketing, right? That is naturally focused on uh, products and services. But then there's this whole other type of content, which is really more what I was just describing. It's education around a topic. And really what we've seen, I think as many of your listeners would probably know, is that in B2B, this kind of educational style of communication is really sort of selling without selling. That's really the trick. You know, and I think of thought leadership, I think of a person writing an article about their experience or about what direction they think the industry that they participate in goes. So it's kind of like, I'm going to get on my soapbox, I'm going to write my medium post, I'm going to have my podcast, and I'm going to tell everybody, this is the way that I think the world works. And this is how we're adjusting our business to these trends. As opposed to something that is, you mentioned educational, here's how you do A, B, and C, or product marketing, here's how our tools work. You know, thought leadership to me is meant to establish the individual person as an expert and authority in a field, which then has tangential benefits to that person being associated with the business. Am I overreaching here? Does thought leadership come from individuals? Does it come from organizations? Who's actually creating the thought leadership or who is the voice of thought leadership content when it's being produced? Yeah, it's certainly generated by both companies and individuals. You know, what we see in the research when we look at this topic is that increasingly B2B buyers, and I'll just kind of use that term for shorthand so I don't have to keep repeating decision maker over and over, but really what buyers want from companies is actually they want to see more from the individual author and the personalities behind the thinking. So there probably was a time not that long ago where a lot of that thought leadership that you were describing around sort of, you know, big trend oriented topics might have been published under the brand while not always elevating the personality. I guess you could call it just the general trend of people wanting more authentic content, for lack of a better description, more authentic connection with these thinkers that what we're seeing in the data is that overwhelmingly buyers want to see individuals prominently featured. The other part of your question was really around a range and style of thought leadership content. And so I think that there's both kinds of content that you described, educational, which might be a little bit more tactical and focused on either helping people, you know, sort of use a product, certainly, but also how to think about something more tactically. And that's okay. In fact, I think one of your sponsors, HubSpot, and this isn't a plug or anything, but HubSpot, I think, does an amazing job of educating people, not only on the platform, but just content marketing and content strategy more broadly 
because it's so relevant to what they do. But then you have other companies that really deal in much different topics that might be a little bit more oriented toward big macro topics, big trends that they want to unpack for their audiences. Time for a one-minute break to hear from our presenting sponsor, Mutinex. In 1919, John Wanamaker said, half the money I spend on advertising is wasted. I just don't know which half. Well, the advertising landscape has changed since then. And instead of reaching your audience on two channels, you're probably reaching them on 20. Turns out John didn't know how easy he had it. But that doesn't mean that you should give up on striving towards marketing effectiveness. No matter how complex your marketing strategy is, Mutinex Growth OX is the market mix modeling platform that measures the impact of marketing on your bottom line. Mutinex's market mix modeling platform calibrates your insights against the latest market conditions so you can make media and marketing investment decisions confidently and quickly. Ready to take your team from I think to I know? Then join brands like Samsung, ING, and Asahi who make better marketing decisions with Mutinex. Mutinex Growth OX, your best decision starts here. To learn more about Mutinex, go to mutinex.co. That's M-U-T-I-N-E-X dot co. Okay, here's the rest of today's interview. A special thanks to our presenting sponsor, Mutinex. Ready to take your team from I think to I know? Then join brands like Samsung, ING, and Asahi who make better marketing decisions with Mutinex. Mutinex Growth OX, the marketing mixed modeling platform that makes measuring ROI fast, easy, and cost-effective. Request a demo at mutinex.co. That's M-U-T-I-N-E-X dot co. So when we talk about the volume of thought leadership, you can use an individual speaker. That seems to be the trend, but some brands are still creating content by the brand. And we're seeing it being used not only to have a perspective on an industry for educational content. You mentioned that you've done a study and that the volume is starting to feel overwhelming. Help me quantify that. And does that mean that there is an overwhelming volume of content or that it's less effective? So what we looked at was the perception that buyers have. So rather than just actually measuring just the pure volume of content, which might be tough to do depending upon how you define this type of content, what we wanted to understand was how do B2B buyers kind of think about the amount of content that's out there that's relevant to them. And what we found is that nearly two-thirds of buyers say that the pandemic spawned a huge increase in the amount of thought leadership content in the marketplace. And about 40% of those buyers said that there is more thought leadership content out there than they can manage or reasonably keep up with. Do you think that the thought leadership content has actually gotten better as the volume has increased? Are people thinking more about what their perspectives are and cultivating their voices? Or is it just there's more of a need for this type of content because we want business results So we're just going to throw some slop out there and hope that it sticks. Yeah, here again, beauty's in the eye of the beholder, right? And so what these buyers told us is that they believe the flood of thought leadership content uh, has resulted in a lot more content that is very low in quality. So about 71% of global B2B buyers said that they only gain any valuable insight from thought leadership content about half the time. So if you're in the business of marketing and communications, I don't know about you, but that's kind of a scary figure. 
71% of B2B buyers said that they only get value out of B2B content half the time. Right. And we found that actually more than half of C-level executives in particular are spending more than an hour per week reading and reviewing thought leadership content, which depending on how you break it down, it means that they probably wasted a half hour of their time every single week just vetting content that isn't, in their view, high quality. So talk to me about where this leads us from a marketing perspective. When you think that there has been an increase of the volume of content, it's seemingly that the quality of content has decreased. Does that mean that marketers should be producing more content? Does it mean that they have to pivot how they're creating their content, what they're focusing on, or should they be leaning on other channels? So our view is that companies need to be producing better and stronger thought leadership content. Again, even despite the fact that the perception of the value has gone down since the pandemic, what we found is that the appetite for it and the time spent consuming this kind of content is actually still increasing. But what it means is that it's just harder than ever to really break through the noise because so many companies and organizations are out there attempting to do thought leadership, right? And so I would call out a couple of other things, just insights and data from organizations outside of ours that I think are useful here. If you look at Gartner and what they've done around the loyalty loop or the customer journey and the fact that I think the latest figure is that 83% of a typical B2B purchasing decision, whether that's researching solutions, you know, vetting and ranking options, benchmarking pricing, all of that decision-making happens before a buyer ever directly engages with a provider means that the information that's out there, the content that is out there has to do a lot of heavy lifting on your behalf. And so I think when companies think about it in that way, they'll realize that, wow, this can be a double-edged sword. If the thought leadership content that we have out there is really poor quality, that may mean that we are actually not considered for a potential deal. And in fact, we, we, we saw that in some previous data when we studied this a couple of years ago, that just as many buyers told us that they eliminated companies from contention because of what they saw in their thought leadership content, just as they invited the companies that had something really strong and provocative to say to actually participate in bids. One of the things that's interesting is you mentioned that B2B buyers are bringing in companies that they think are provocative and thought-provoking into their buying process. Now, I guess where you're saying, all right, people need to create better content, easy to say, hard to do, is the idea that your perspective needs to be one that is net new, that is unique. You know, like if you agree with a piece of content that has already been created and your perspective is generally the status quo, does that mean that you shouldn't be creating thought leadership content? Or do you have to actually say something that is so out of the box that you're doing something that almost has shock value for business results? How do you figure out what your voice is and how much you stick to what your company actually believes as opposed to what might stand out? Certainly, you shouldn't just be provocative for its own sake just trying to grab attention simply to do so. I mean, that's probably not likely to produce the outcome that you want because after you've captured that attention, if you don't back it up with something substantive, you're not going to get the outcome that you want. But really, I think it's probably up to individual companies, up to communications strategists and executives and the like to really think about 
where are those opportunities for us to not simply add more noise to the conversation, but to really take a stand and to be provocative and maybe challenge our customers' beliefs on a particular topic in a way that you know we think only we can as an organization. I think that's great advice. It's not just about adding noise to the conversation. It's about finding an opportunity to voice your unique perspective and challenge your customer's thought process. And that's something that could be really challenging. So we're going to dig into how to make your content stand out and continue our conversation with Joe in tomorrow's episode. And that wraps up this episode of the MarTech Podcast. Thanks to Joe Kingsbury, Managing Director of Business Marketing at Edelman for joining us. In part two of this interview, which we'll publish tomorrow, Joe and I are going to continue the conversation talking about why your thought leadership content doesn't stand out. If you can't wait until our next episode and you'd like to learn more about Joe, you can find a link to his LinkedIn profile in our show notes. You can contact him on Twitter where his handle is jkingsbury, that's J-K-I-N-G-S-B-U-R-Y, or you can visit his company's website, which is edelman.com. Just one more link in our show notes I'd like to tell you about. If you didn't have a chance to take notes while you were listening to this podcast, head over to martechpod.com where we have summaries of all of our episodes and contact information for our guests. You can also subscribe to our once a week newsletter and you can even send us your topic suggestions or your marketing questions, which we'll answer live on our show. Of course, you can always reach out on social media. Our handle is martechpod, M-A-R-T-E-C-H-P-O-D on LinkedIn, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, or you can contact me directly. My handle is Ben J. Schapp, B-E-N-J-S-H-A-P. And if you haven't subscribed yet and you want a daily stream of marketing and technology knowledge in your podcast feed, we're going to publish an episode every day this year. So hit the subscribe button in your podcast app and we'll be back in your feed tomorrow morning. All right, that's it for today. But until next time, my advice is to just focus on keeping your customers happy. Thanks for listening to the MarTech Podcast, and I hear everything production. Looking to launch or scale a podcast like this one for your brand? Then visit IHearEverything.com.